Stone gets the puck after the draw. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Jared Justice. Live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Woo! Getting set for Game 4 tomorrow night. Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers after the Vegas Golden Knights bounce back and really laid some offense on the Edmonton Oilers and that uh, run-and-gun style that we witnessed uh, from the top two players in the world in game number two. And uh, we're looking forward to breaking it all down with you. But we start off by opening up the phones with you. Uh, Let's go to line number one. And this is Bruce from Edmonton. Welcome to the VGK (laughs) Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hi, fellas. Second time caller, sometimes <laughs> listener. How y'all doing? <laughs> We're doing really good. Fantastic. What's uh, what, what's the situation like up there in in Edmonton right now, Bruce? It's gloomy for the local folks, uh, <laughs> but uh, lots of hockey left. Lots of hockey left. They're confident. Uh, what a way to start the uh, the show. Bruce Cassidy uh, <laughs> joining us on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hey, um, when you look at last night, uh, how much of a complete game was that compared to what? you can expect in a Stanley Cup playoff game against uh, a team like Edmonton with those top players? Well, uh, you know what, it, it went in our favor as the game went along, but yeah. uh, early on they certainly had some opportunities. Uh, we got a couple saves from LB. They hit a post, right, dry sidle, that those pucks were going in in, in Vegas. So uh, we tightened up after that, Darren, and, and I thought we were pretty good in terms of what we wanted to accomplish. Uh, stay out of the box, first of all. Play behind their D, create some turnovers in the forecheck. Um, and finish some plays, right? We got a lead, and from there, I thought we were the better team. You into a rhythm in this series? I hope so. I think it yeah. benefits us when you're playing every second night. It probably benefits them, too. It would just be better hockey for everybody. You know, when you look at um, last night's game, obviously only allowing two power play opportunities, one an abbreviated one for the Edmonton Oilers, that's that's huge in terms of the context of the series. From a discipline perspective, how how much can you kind of toe that line of, of being physical, checking well, and not taking penalties? Well, we did it all year. So if you look at our, you know, we were the least penalized team, uh, and then against Winnipeg we did it. So I, I think we can. It's, it's how we play. Uh, we tend to check with our legs and not take silly penalties. We don't take a lot of retaliatory penalties. So game two, there was a couple late there that uh, caught up to us, and so we got to put that behind us. But I think in general we can do it. We can still play hard and check well. Um, but you will have to take the odd slash and whack and uh, stay out of the, you know, those situations. But at the end of the day, um, you know, sometimes do the, do the, do the officials call it tight? Do they call it? They let some stuff go, so you're a little bit got to figure out, you know, what the temperature of the game is in terms of how they're calling it as well. 
um, and that may open up the physicality or close it off a little bit. So we've made good reads with that because we're a pretty veteran group. I uh, loved what you said. Bruce Cassidy with us from Edmonton as the Golden Knights have a 2-1 series lead over the Edmonton Oilers on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, you've talked about worrying about your own game. Uh, have you always been a, a style of coach that way? Uh, because I would find it hard at times not to worry about the other team and what they're doing and different uh, uh, adjustments that you have to make. Uh, yes, I'd say predominantly um, take care of your own business, how you want to play, reinforce that. Uh, I do believe the players then believe if you're talking about what you need to do to beat them, then it builds confidence in the group, right? They feel like mm-hmm. we're the better team. Let's just you know play our style. Now, I, they're not players recognize what's going on around them as well, so I do think you have to acknowledge what's Connor McDavid doing. Dreisaitl always kind of hangs out in the weak side there, and he's very dangerous there. How can we close on him when pucks find him over there, et cetera? Uh, how do we shut down the neutral zone uh, so not getting through the middle of the ice? We try to keep them outside. So certainly you have to adjust to their personnel. Um, but in general, you have to have always felt if you can get your own game in order, uh, the players tend to focus on that more anyway. That's what they've done all year. So it's, it's, it's typically um, you know, how I approach it. You know, obviously, last night was a big response game, and, and I thought Jack Eichel was fantastic. A big-time performance from him, three-point night, but also does the work on the defensive side of the pocket. Was was that maybe his best so far of the postseason, and do you kind of get a sense that that type of game is coming from Jack when, uh, or is there a tell prior to a game or a performance like that? Well, I do believe it was one of his best, um, and it was really good for Marcia So. Uh, Marshy has been good the last few games, really working hard to get to the inside and got some goals, some greasy goals, right? So we get him scoring, he can get streaky, and he's on Jack's line. So uh, I thought they were both very good. Barbashev's been solid the whole time. So his whole line, I think, has been, been good for us. But him personally, yes. I mean, he's drafted the same year as McDavid, so there's always going to be those comparables. Um, so I think it's good for Jack's confidence if our team can outplay their team. Let's not make it a one-on-one series and this guy against that guy. But at the end of the day, it's still good for his confidence um, to know he can he can play winning hockey in May and hopefully right into June. I've been trying to think of a different way to approach this with you, uh, with the goaltending uh that side of things and the four different starters early this year and you won the four straight games but in the bubble like you went through some wildness with Tukarask being there and being yeah. gone and and uh, and all kinds of uh, uncertainty uh, does that help you handle this or is this just independent of the craziness that you're going through yeah the Tuka situation was different his daughter got ill so he had to leave and it kind of came out of nowhere right it happened yeah. um and then you got to just got to, you know, wrap your head around it, get back to playing hockey, take care of the business. Everyone supported Tuca, great guy, great family man. So um, with this case this year, I think we've just, it's it's baked into us that, you know, there's a, there's been injuries at that position and uh, some uncertainty with who was going to play, but the certainty was we were always going to get solid net mining, if that makes any sense. So I think the guys know that someone's at that position right now that's going to give us a solid game. It's unfortunate that, the guys have gotten hurt there because, you know, they're all good goaltenders and good teammates. But I think that's what's kept us going. We've, we've played our system well. Um, we believe in it. And um, like I said, whoever's gone in there has given us good starts. So I think it makes it easier to sort of just play, right, and not use that as a crutch. 
and credit to the guys for not. Yeah, there's a real mix, though, right, between the guys going in and being really solid for you and then the system helping them out. Well, I believe that. I think yeah. the system, when I, I, when I got hired in June, I, I said that this should be a goaltender-friendly system if we're playing it right and the guys buy in and we teach it well, all those components which I think we have, and it'll only get better the more comfortable you get with it. So I, I think it's a mix, yes. Um, but at the end of the day, the guy in the net has to solve the puck. So if he's not doing it, it doesn't matter what system you're playing, right? So the lion's share of the credit goes to the goaltenders for being in there. And then I think, obviously, us uh, playing the right way in front of him will, will, will help his cause. And I mean, the fact that you guys were able to go through it in the regular season, go five goaltenders deep, still pick up wins, important wins in, in important games, it has to kind of help the resolve and, and, and really the resiliency of this team in the playoffs and, and that they're able to deal with it because it's not a new situation. Yep, I, I, I believe that 100%. That's, again, going back to not using things as, as excuses or whatever word you want to use. It's, you know, it's, a little bit of adversity during the year, so you you know you learn how to function in that type of environment, and off you go, right? And that that's kind of what's happened here. And I think, you know, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't say, hey, you got six veteran defensemen there that have played together a lot and play well together that have done a really good job, um, you know, helping our goaltender as well. And I think everyone's comfortable, um, you know, with our decor, and you can see why. So you got a little bit of that. You got four really good, I think, the two hundred foot centermen, and that's part of our you know team defense is you know can your centerman check and check well uh, and we have that as well so I mean I think our team is built to play good defensively and then uh, once you have the commitment um, I, I think we're you know we'll be fine that way and then as you said when you go through it and have some practice runs during the year you know it's no big deal come playoff time if, if that's what uh, you know the hands are dealt. Emotional last 24 hours for one of those defensemen and Zach Whitecloud, who scores last night and then is alerted on social media of some comments made by ESPN Sports Center anchor uh, John Anderson, who uh, was making light of Zach's uh, last name. And Zach addressed it today and was so upfront. And what a gentleman, what a human being in saying that he accepted the apology from from John Anderson. Uh, how do you, as a coach, uh, do you watch that from 20,000 feet? Do you look at it as a father? Uh, uh, as as a hockey person, uh, because it was very very emotional. Yeah, I, you know, I spoke to Zach briefly, and I didn't want to sort of, you know, get in his way, so to speak. I know that he's he's a very well spoken, very mature uh, young man, and would handle it uh, appropriately and as he sees fit. And um, you feel for him because he did nothing wrong, and he gets kind of dragged into this, right? And and uh, you know, I. It, I spoke to him quickly. Sounds like him and John did speak after, which is great, and, um, and, and hopefully that's the end of it. And you learn a little bit from it. But good for Zach, terrific guy. Uh, never mind hockey; just a really good human being. Heck of a shot, too, wasn't it? Yeah, you know what? That's his shot. If you watch it, I watched some uh, some game film this summer, um, and, and a lot of chances for and against the team. And that that seems to be his spot where he gets in there and he can find that. A short side high, so um, good timing for him under pressure. And from you know that perspective, obviously in the game, when you can able, when you're able to get that type of production or, or those types of plays from from your defenseman, is that maybe a wrinkle you're hoping comes through for you over the the remainder of this series? Yeah, I mean we've scored in the playoffs so far without uh, needing our D to, to win us hockey games. You need secondary scoring. We've been able to find it through all our forward group, which is 
which is good in the playoffs, five on five. I think it's a distinct advantage we have over pretty much every team, um, you know, that at least we've come up against, and certainly in the playoffs. So uh, if you get some some, some D-man involved as well, then that's only going to increase that. So uh, I just think the scoring from D have been down a little bit in the playoffs. It's my gut feeling compared to the regular season. Teams tighten up, they check better, whatever the case may be. So for us to get uh, get some production from there would really help. Uh, I so admire the composure of uh, your players uh, throughout this uh, Stanley Cup run because I'm a meathead, hothead chirper. Uh, I just uh, lose my mind. Uh, and I couldn't do what Alex Petrangelo did last night in taking that cross check. And they just, I, I, I could never take that and not respond. And that takes it to another level. Um, what did you see? Am I allowed to call you meathead? Yes. That- you, can, you can call me meathead all day. And I, I admit it. I fully admit that I chirp and I lose my mind and I can't control it until like 15 minutes later. Can uh, confirm. Uh, out there. I could just, and, and I watch Petra. I'm like, I, I would still be going today if, if that happened to me. Yeah, you know, he's won a Stanley Cup for a reason, right? He was the captain of that team, and, and he's a good leader. You lead by example. That guy just plays, man. He's a pro. Um, you know, you hope maybe you have a chance to settle a score later, but right now you can't worry about that stuff. I mean, I've said it all along. It really hurts to win, and by that I mean, you know, you take those – it took a couple of good whacks from dry sidle to uh, blocking shots and, you know, all the little things you have to do, take a hit to make a play – um, all of those things uh, matter, and if you're going to win, you usually have to, like I said, have that composure, discipline, do what's right for the team, and uh, he certainly did. And I think, you know, that set the tone for a lot of the game that, hey, we're here to play. We mean business. We're not going to give you easy chances on the power play. We're going to do what it takes to win, and that seemed to be the message from start to finish, and, and obviously Petro big reason for that. I've been around here long enough to know that uh, certain phrases come out of nowhere and they instantly become T-shirts. Hurts to win should be in the arsenal tomorrow. That is a great line from you. All right, thanks. I appreciate that. Do you want? Do you want? <laughs> do you, do you, do you, it's the truth, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. But uh, can if I propose it and I give you credit, do you think we could split the profits of the T-shirt? Yeah, we'll we'll find something to do with those profits. We'll put it to a, a good cause and let's get after. It. Let's do it. Uh, thanks, uh, Bruce. Appreciate it. And uh, and uh, this is from the Meathead to you. Congratulations on the two-one win and keep it going. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Big, uh, there's Bruce from Edmonton uh, calling in <laughs> as Bruce Cassidy joins us uh, between games of between games three and four mm-hmm. of the Stanley Cup playoff series. John Shannon, uh, the former executive producer of Hockey Night Canada, was listening in uh, to that conversation. And uh, John Shannon uh, is on the phone right now. Uh, your uh, your first reaction uh, to what you heard from from Bruce. I liked. I, I was thinking about another T-shirt. What was that? What was that line? Winning is painful. Yeah, w- winning hurts. Winning hurts. I like that. Hurts to win. Yeah, I like that. That should be a T-shirt too. And by the way, you don't need any more money. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I need lots of cash. No, dollar no, cost no, averaging. No. I'm investing all over the place. Real estate is uh, is tough right now. Oh. You're telling a guy that lives in Toronto real estate. <laughs> good, good, good point. You don't live in Toronto. What's that little hamlet that you live in? Port Credit. Port Credit. That's what it is. The hamlet of Port okay, Credit. Okay, it's a it, 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 you know it's a kind of a suburb. You know, mm. you know but we we get it, it, Toronto prices, and for everybody in Southern Nevada, Toronto prices are exorbitant. So. Uh, you are a former executive producer of the 
biggest hockey show in the world. And you've managed announcers. This situation with John Anderson, who owned it from ESPN Sports Center, and absolutely uh, got in front of it and apologized and talked to Zach Whitecloud. Uh, what was your evaluation as a former boss? Well, I, it, it, two things that jumped out of me. First of all, uh, actually three things. First of all, Zach Whitecloud is a better person than I am. Because I would not have accepted it as graciously yeah. as he did today, uh, and obviously how he how he approached it with uh, with with Mr. Anderson on the telephone today. So that's the one thing. The other thing it speaks volumes in in my opinion of a network partner of the National Hockey League not really understanding the players that play in the National Hockey League. Uh, I would bet a lot of money to say that if Zach Whitecloud was a National Football League player, that joke would not have been made or attempted. Mm -hmm. If he was in the NBA, would not have been attempted or made. Or if he was a Major League Baseball player. ESPN has invested a lot of money in the NHL, but I'm not sure they've invested enough time or research in understanding what our players are like, and that's disappointing. So for, from John's perspective, John Anderson, um, he apologized. Yeah. Is that as far as it should go? I, knowing that Zach accepted that apology and they had a great conversation about uh, his... Indigenous uh, heritage, uh, and uh, talk through uh, why that comment was insensitive, or should there be further ramifications? Uh, well, I certainly hope that there was discussions at, in Bristol, Connecticut today about what should happen next, what should be part of it. Uh, I would hope that the next time John Anderson is on the air, the first thing he does before he says, Good evening, welcome to Sports Center, there is a public apology on the air for. Uh, what he said it's it's one thing to put it on social media uh where people can be selective but put it on the same level and the same medium in which he said it i think that's important to do so uh, i would ho- i don't know uh, i don't have john anderson's schedule in front of me but i would hope the next time he's hosting sports center or perhaps within the realm of one of the intermissions or one of the pregame shows on ESPN, on their NHL coverage, he should, he should apologize publicly uh, to Zach Whitecloud and for anybody who took offense to it. You know, John, kind of to your, your secondary point about the maybe ESPN and the investment into the, the players, the product, understanding the game on, on, a, on a deeper level, how do you see that growing or changing in the coming years? Well, I, I think it takes time, Ryan, and, and that's the one thing that when you're as big a company as ESPN is, you you have to hope that they're going to take the time to do it. Mm. Um, you know, they've been covering the National Football League and Major League Baseball and the NBA much longer than they've been covering the NHL on a regular basis. Um, so the institutional knowledge of those three leagues is much greater uh, than the NHL is. Um, you, you hope that this is year two of their contract. 
You hope that their knowledge is better this year than last, and you hope their their knowledge of the sport and the people in it is better next year and the year after and the year after. Amazing. John's uh, got a lengthy career, uh, John Anderson, uh, and uh, we've all said goofy things uh, at times on the air, stupid things uh, and uh, insensitive things uh, on the air. You never really do stop walking that line or learning as you go along through the course of your career, and this is a great example. You know, we we joked uh, uh, quite loud last week about a famous line that I used to tell you. Yes. If you were supposed to be yeah. Trying to be funny, you should be in Vegas, right? Maybe, maybe somebody should teach these guys just to do their job properly. You know, voice the highlights properly, understand the sport properly, understand the pride and heritage people have in the sport properly, and their upbringing properly. But no, uh, you know, we will just throw an off the cuff in there, and we'll make it sound like it's cool. As I said. Zach Whitecloud um, is a much better person than I would have been in that scenario uh, or any other scenario. We will bring you Zach Whitecloud's uh, addressment to, to the media uh, in a little bit. Uh, did you just VGK. invent a word? I did. I did uh, <laughs> on the VGK Insider Show. You, just, and you know that's that's uh, that's the second time. I, somebody else invented a word yesterday too. So it's two days in a row I've heard people invent words. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with inventing words. Like the world is evolving. And if I can invent a word that makes it easier for this globe to function, I will do that. And not even you can put me in a situation where I feel bad about that with your different shots. No, no. Inventing words is, is not the realm of a guy that went to the Columbia School of Broadcasting in Saskatoon. To Western Academy of Broadcasting. W-A-B-C, okay, Western Academy, baby. sorry. Avenue F. Uh, not, not a great uh, period of time uh, town either on, on Avenue F. Hey, what do you think about the shift in this series that occurred last night between Vegas and Edmonton? Have you ever been on uh, the world's largest teeter-totter? I would like it. <laughs> but You know, it, cause it, and, you, and you're like you're six years old, and the teeter-totters, when you go in the air, is about eight and a half feet in the air. But you feel like you're 400 feet in the air. Oh, this, that's, that's what this one feels like. I mean, game two, the first period of game two where the Oilers scored four, was their best period of the season. Not of the playoffs, mm-hmm. of 82 plus the, the other games uh, that they've played against other teams this year. Um, th- that's how good it was. Uh, they, the, the, the Saturday victory was as close to perfect as the Oilers could have. And then I'll tell you what, after uh, Laurent got hurt, was that 11.33 into the first, I would tell you that Vegas played as close to a perfect game that they could the rest of the way too. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the polar opposites. And I... I I, I've got to give, I got to give Bruce and and the, the coaching staff a bit of credit. Uh, Aiden Hill was really good last night, really good. But I don't think he would have been near as good if he hadn't played the third period in Game Two. Mm-hmm. It got his feet wet. He understood the level of playoff pressure and the speed of the Edmonton Oilers. He understood, even though he didn't have many shots. I think he only had four. But he felt much more comfortable coming in last night after having that 20 minutes of shutout hockey in Game 2. 
Do you think that we're getting close at at, the, at some point here in this series where both teams are are kind of on and playing well at the same time? Because it really feels like whichever team is playing better is dominating the game. Uh, I, I was I'd like to say yes, but you just don't know. I mean, and, and it's and it's not just this series, Ryan. Yeah. Look at the ups and downs in the Seattle Dallas series. Uh, look at the ups and downs in in the uh, the New Jersey Carolina series. The only series that has gone close to script from the point of view of being close is Toronto Florida, mm-hmm. and and that's and that's wacko too. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if either the Oilers or the or the Golden Knights can be successful if they allow the other team to play as well as they can. Uh, and that that may sound a bit of a contradiction, but you have to shut the Oilers down in order to beat them. And if you let the Oilers run and gun you, they will beat you. And similarly, if the Oilers try to run and gun, there's a good chance that you end up with a track meet with the Golden Knights. It could turn the other way too, and then it becomes, you know, Stuart Skinner versus Aiden Hill. And you got to have your fingers and toes crossed that your goalie's better than the other goalie. Do you think uh, Stuart Skinner starts Game Four? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Yeah, without uh, a doubt. Uh, they, they they made that to me when they did a similar scenario in the Los Angeles series. Jack Campbell came in and won the game, yeah. uh, in which was Game Four, uh, and there was no question that Stuart Skinner was going to start Game Five. That's the similar situation, I think, that uh, the Oilers are in, and it'll be Stuart Skinner again. Uh, before we go, uh, we know the series supervisors will be talking to both teams uh, throughout every series. The Oilers weren't happy with only getting three power play opportunities, even though they scored two in game number one. Uh, they won't be very happy only getting a couple of man-to-manage opportunities in game three. That will be a target for Edmonton to get more man-advantage. I would think discipline will be even more of a key for Vegas in game four with the officials paying close attention. Yeah, I, and yet I, I, I would suggest to you that uh, it will be much easier for the Golden Knights to stay disciplined than it will for the Oilers to stay disciplined. Why? Hmm. Well, because I, I mean, I, I heard what you said about being a meathead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and, and Evander, you know, crossed the line last night. And he's going to have to manage his situation. Leon Dreisaitl retaliated too many times last night, particularly in the third period. You know, they're, they're not used to being as physically intimidated in their own building as Vegas did last night. The Oilers have to watch their cool. And that's going to take more discipline than the discipline that the Golden Knights have had, not just in this series, but in the series against Winnipeg, and let's face it, through the whole regular season, where they were the least penalized team in the National Hockey League. Do you think Jim Matheson gets a chuckle every time Leon Dreisaitl retaliates and gets pissy? <laughs> <laughs> See, now there's people listening to you on a regular basis have no clue what that means. I've talked about this at length, and mm-hmm. I was going to follow it up with an explanation. Mm-hmm. Because I know that you would call me out on it. So I was are you, are you going to make that. up another word? Uh, <laughs> I, might, I might just do that. Okay. Addressment. Well, what was my word that I made up? You know, it was addressment. I mean, addressment. Only certain people can make up words. Mm-hmm. Addressment. Mm-hmm. I can even spell it. 
and it's not Spell the same it. as as not the same as addressed. Okay, cool. It's, it's just it. there's a Y in there instead of an E. Why is, there, why is there a Y because in there? Because that's why the way you spell addressment. What are you doing? All right, that's what you do. In there's, there's, hold on, hold on. And nobody there's can a argue y with me. In it? Yeah, and nobody can argue with me. So not only are you because it's my word. It's You're reinventing word. the how, yes. how how words are spelled in the English yeah, language, even if the they're English not words. Language. You got it. It's oh, my boy. word, and you guys can't even say anything about it because I just invented it. We so can say that, that it's wrong. Take that. Ryan. I tell you what, Ryan. You know what mm -hmm. I? You know who I heard there just for a second? Who? I, I heard that Darren's daughter Harmony talking there for a <laughs> yep. second. That's what I heard. Yeah, you, you might have. You might have heard too. Uh, that was me getting a little meat heady. Meat heady. <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> God no, that that's that's got that's got quotation marks beside. That means it's not really a word. It's just <laughs> something you invented. Well, you seen me be a meathead before. Uh, yes, I have. So you you can fully back that up uh, when I get ultra emotional. Well, when you know you know you're in trouble when your podcast is called the Chirp. Yes. <laughs> Come on. The most accurate name ever. Well, imagine if I had a co-host. On that podcast, we'll, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah, um, uh, John, uh, you're the best. Uh, thank you for your uh, thoughts on the uh, John Anderson Zach Whitecloud situation, yeah. and as well on the series itself. Well, and just as a quick thought, you, yeah. you know, I'm not sure people in Vegas understand that uh, to, to begin every hockey game in Edmonton, there is a salute from the uh, the local uh, Indigenous chief that welcomes everybody to the city and to the lands of, of the many nations of indigenous uh, Western Canadians. Uh, and there is something poignant about it when you consider what Zach Whitecloud has gone through the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Well done. Uh, Winnipeg as well. Uh, unbelievable uh, tributes to the indigenous uh, community uh, all across uh, the uh, Canadian uh, side of the National Hockey League. And uh, Harmony just uh, sent a note. She goes by zero now. Uh, but she said she'll be my co-host, and she says hi to you, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yeah. Well, i got to talk to her about this zero thing, too. Yeah, well... Yeah, I'm not sure she's going to listen, but I'm going to no. talk to her about it anyway. Yeah, it's just uh, kind of like dealing with you about inventing words. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love you, buddy. Be good. Talk to you soon. There's John Shannon, who's uh, forgot to say hi to George. We we got so far into things. Yeah, he didn't say hi to George McPhee, who's up in Edmonton. Well, I think he's flustered because you're creating words, addressment, changing the English language. It was good enough y. before you, it's going to be good enough after you. Uh, we've got uh, Brian Lawler coming up uh, from Script Sports. Uh, Jeff Sharples also on the way talking about the series between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights and one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League all ahead on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. We got uh, some breaking news here. Uh, John Shannon apparently did say hello to George, hmm. but he was cut off. Oh, here we go. Before he got uh, to say that on the air, Mister Skippy, sir. That's your name today. I okay, guess. that's yeah. that's normally what he calls me. That Skippy was sir? rude. Okay, cutting off John Shannon, our NHL insider. Uh, let's get uh, right to our next guest. Here's a. Uh, uh, Brian Lawler from Script Sports. Uh, he is the president, the new television partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Can't wait to uh, start working with Brian. We had a great uh, meeting, first meeting, and then we got caught up in the corner and we couldn't stop talking to each other mm -hmm. with all these ideas. Uh, so it's great to have you back in the air uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brian, uh, the big announcement last week. Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, what's been swirling around the mind since? 
Well, just excited about the opportunity and, and uh, already had a couple of uh, meetings to begin to advance the plan on you know getting ready to launch a new station there and uh, already starting to think about production and branding and uh, ad sales and sponsorships and we got a couple of uh, you know months obviously the team's still playing hockey and let's hope that goes for a little while but uh, we got a couple of months to get ready for preseason and so already uh, started to put the wheels in motion have you ever gone through a process like this and what is your first order of business well, um, really, the first order of business is just getting on the same page uh, with the team and making sure that, you know, their expectations and, and you know, what we're going to deliver are aligned. And so uh, already uh, back and forth with Kerry Bobolts today and got a full-day meeting on the calendar coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks where we'll sit down and we'll go through every aspect of what our relationship will be from the brand to marketing to promotion to production to uh, the look to, you know, making sure that we, you know, align with their existing partners and sponsors and, uh, you know, getting a, a, a market strategy on ad sales and uh, getting people aligned there. Um, you know, part of our announcement was the creation of a direct-to-consumer app that would also provide the free viewing experience to people that may be away from the uh, a television, but sitting, you know, on the sidelines of their kids' soccer game and the ability to still watch a live game and engage with the content. And so uh, we got a lot of work to do. And um, we already have a lot of people inside the company engaged and, and beginning to assume the responsibility that they'll be advancing over the next six months uh, until uh, first puck drops of uh, preseason. So, um, you know, we've, we've, you know, created different... Uh, uh, sports relationships in different places. We're getting ready in, in two weeks to um, launch uh, uh, the WNBA on ION. ION's a national network we own, and so we're pretty far down the road in the preparation there for the first game. And, you know, up in your neck of the woods, uh, we have a deep relationship with the Big Sky Conference, and so we do a lot on uh, many of their sports and the production and, and marketing and sales there. So, um, you know, there's a process, but it really starts with everybody just looking each other in the eye and making sure that we're on the same page. And, and then we build out, uh, you know, our, uh, our path to make sure that we're ready when this thing goes. You know, I, I think a, a lot of fans are, are really excited about that direct to consumer app where you're able to, to kind of view the games, watch the programming. If you're, if you're out and about, you're, you're not at your home. Um, like in terms of, of maybe benchmarks over the course of the summer or uh, projects yeah. that are taking precedence. Is that one of the ones that's, that's high, high up on that list? Yeah, it definitely is. Look, you know, this deal is so unique. It's the first deal announced by any NHL team to bring all of the games free over the air on however people, you know, get their TV. If you get, you know, your TV through cable, through satellite, through, you know, some of the, like, YouTube TV and uh, those services, if you get it on streaming platforms or if you get it over the air. You know, i got to tell you, from er, from the very beginning of our conversations and, and talking to, you know, Bill Foley and, and, and Kerry, um, these guys were just adamant that they wanted to be the first team in the NHL to provide their games free to everybody. And, 
you know, they, they were consistent through every conversation. How do we do that? And so in addition to the over-the-air broadcast part was this gap of, well, what about when people aren't at home in front of a television? Uh, but how else do we get our games in front of, of people? And so all along, we've consistently discussed, you know, building out this app. And so, you know, there's a lot of technology um, that's required and, and a streaming strategy that's required. And, and but, you know, that'll be one of the first things we build out and, and decide if we're going to build it together, if we're going to partner uh, with an outside company. But, you know, I think that's a big part of their strategy. Again, their vision was, you know, let's leave the cable satellite model, the regional sports network model that was broken, that had unfortunately resulted in the Golden Knights games only being available in about 30% of the households in the Las Vegas area. And they said, look, you know, we got this great brand that's been sort of this organic brand that built from this community. The community is the one that made it successful. And we got to make sure we put our product you know, out there for everyone to enjoy this experience. And so, um, yeah, the direct is a really important part of the process so that just people can engage with the games anywhere, anytime, anyhow, um, and free. Uh, it, it was such an important part of the business model and why our, our interests were aligned here. Brian Lawler's with us, uh, president of Scripps Sports on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Brian's uh, one of my new bosses uh, over at Scripps Sports. Uh, looking forward to, to working with <laughs> I'm glad with you Brian. did not call him me, Mr. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's Channel 34. You've, you've got this um, contradiction in a way, direct-to-consumer uh, and that path. And then you've got over-the-air, which is yeah. back to what you and I are a lot more familiar with uh, uh, in the early days of, of sports television. It's it's a cool setup that you've got going. Yeah, you know, we're pretty lucky. Our company owns two uh, television signals in Las Vegas. So we own um, the ABC station there, Channel 13, and then we also own the ION affiliate. And so the ION affiliate is uh, KMCC. Most people probably don't know the call letters. And, um, you know, it's Channel 34. And what our plan is is to lift ion programming and move it exactly the way it looks now and we'll put it on a different frequency so everyone will continue to get to see ion including the WNBA franchise which starts in two weeks on friday nights so that that channel will stay intact but what it does is it frees up this over-the-air really robust signal for us to now launch a new television station and so we'll stand up an independent tv station so it won't be affiliated with abc nbc cbs or fox but it'll have local news from ABC 13. It'll have some network news from Scripps News, one of our national uh, networks that we own. And then we'll, you know, have a lot of sports programming. I think this is the beginning of the sports programming. We think there's a lot of other franchises either that are part of the Foley Entertainment Group um, opportunity um, or uh, other assets that may be regional in scope that we can bring in. But also, you know, we're going to create, a, you know, and, and we'll, you know, have contracts with syndicated programming and other unique programming that people would really know. But we want this to feel really local. We want the station to feel Las Vegas. It'll be brown. It'll be branded uh, that way. And you know, of course, the most important part and the highest profile uh, programming on the station are going to be you know the preseason, the regular season, and uh, and the postseason games uh, that are available 
for the Golden Knights. And and I assume that that also opens you up to more specialized programming or ancillary programming pertaining to the Golden Knights, the specialty shows, all that kind of stuff. Yep, exactly. So we'll you know build out uh, much of the other programming. Um, look, we think the Golden Knights are more than just a hockey team; they're a brand, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's a brand that's important to that community. And so we look forward to you know expanding, doing more programming, you know, getting more opportunities to showcase the organization, what they're doing for the community, the players, um, you know, and off the ice, what they mean, um, you know, who they are as people and what they mean to communities and foundations and nonprofits and all the great work that they're doing. This was unexpected uh, in the opportunity for Scripps Sports. What made you jump at it? Well, I don't know if it was unexpected. Um, this is exactly the kind of thing that Scripps Sports is looking to partner with. And it's a high-profile brand that has been limited by um, the cord cutting that has shrunk the available audience on cable and satellite. Um, the more I, I'm a lifelong hockey fan. I grew up on the East Coast, and, and I'm a huge lifelong Islander fan. Um, but I know a lot about the Golden Knights, and I've respected this organization just as a fan. You know, once I got to know them, once I got to, you know, meet Mr. Foley, you know, meet George, meet Kerry, um, you know, meet you guys, like, I understand why you're successful, because nothing has happened by accident. Everything from the building of the brand to the first draft to the playoff runs, it's all been intentional. And um, culture matters. People matter. Um, and so... The more we got to know the organization and the people who are running it and the way they run it, our respect for this team grew immensely. And we believe that they're a really good cultural fit for our company. And we got more and more excited and more and more interested in this partnership. So, you know, Script Sports is looking to, in local markets on a national level, bring sports to the masses through over the air so sports fans can enjoy. But this one was just special. And, and the people running this organization, you know, I'm sure some of your listeners right now might be rolling their eyes, but on a, on a weekly basis, I'm talking to a, a fair amount of presidents and general managers and owners of teams in NHL, Major League Baseball, um, NBA. What you have here is a really special ownership group and their commitment to the community and to getting it right and you know, having a brand that matters, that people really care, I think is amazing. And, and of course... Their commitment was they were willing to leave money on the table that they used to get in order to bring their uh, product to their fans. And they're smart business people. They realize that, okay, well, we might be leaving a little money on the table now, but in the future, if we can reach 100% of our fans instead of 30%, what does that mean for ticket sales? What does that mean for merchandise? What does that mean for sports betting? What does that do for engagement, right? There's all these things or other ways to make money. And all of the fans get to enjoy the experience. So um, we really came to appreciate the entire experience that we went through and were thrilled at the end that we get to be their partner. Well said. Uh, Awesome testimonial. Uh, We don't have time for you to answer and go on about your favorite announcer uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, (laughs) even though it would be me. But uh, Dave Gosher is really awesome. I won't put you in that awkward spot. But uh, (laughs) thanks, Brian. I can't wait to, to hook up when you get back into town. 
I look forward to it, guys. Have a great night. There's the president of Script Sports. It's uh, Brian Lawler, who's uh, Jack talking with us. Channel 34 uh, is going to be the channel for the Vegas Golden Knights on the new TV home of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, fantastic stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to next season, um, and I'm looking forward to the digital antenna. I'm not going to be using it very much because, you know, where I'm always out and about or at the games. Mm-hmm. But for anybody that wants to watch Golden Knights games, they're available for you. Well, and on the streaming services, it'll be Huge. available there. That's yeah. uh, that's big. So if you're currently like a Hulu or a, go on, um, Fubu or something like that, um, or, or YouTube, uh, Fubu, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's exactly. That's what I I got. Hulu and you're Fubu. on Fubu. Uh, yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Uh, or you get the digital antenna. There's there's a, a bunch of stuff that's going to be uh, thrown your way as far as being able to acquire the Vegas Golden Knights game. Over the air. Uh, we've got to set up hour number two, uh, which will include a visit with our one-timer segment, News Notes around the National Hockey League and Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, we got uh, hour number two uh, coming up. A lot to get to there. More series talk than we dipped into in the opening 60 minutes. Jeff Sharples, former National Hockey League defenseman, is going to join us, a Las Vegas resident. He uh, follows the Vegas Golden Knights extremely closely. We'll lean on his expertise, plus news and notes with one-timers. National Hockey League really getting into it tonight. We'll update you on all those scores next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.